Islands of Mystery. I think we all have a place or places or things that we know that are in our lives that hold a constant fascination for us, but maybe frighten us a bit and we kind of stay away. We sent one of our reporters to face her fears. That was Asia Morris, who grew up in Long Beach, but like a lot of people from Long Beach, has never been to Catalina Island. Well, Asia rectified that a couple weeks ago, wrote a terrific piece for us, and she came in to tell us about it. Secondly, we talked to Shante Jensen. Shante works in a restaurant in Newport Beach when she's not uh, writing stories for us. Um, Shante didn't go to any island, although Balboa Island is actually very nearby. But the mysterious island they dealt with was something called coronavirus. Maybe you've heard of it? Yeah. It's made working in the restaurant business very, very interesting these days. And uh, Shante came by to talk to us about that. But first, Asia goes to Catalina. Catalina Island was formed by the subduction of tectonic plates two million years ago. In 30 years, I've experienced the island only as a daily embellishment on the horizon. Yes, I've lived in Long Beach my whole life and never made it to Catalina. Now, finally on the boat ride over, I overheard an attendant say to a couple, there's a liquor store on every single street pretty much. Oh, okay. So... Asia. Hello. Is it true? Is there a liquor store on pretty much every street? You know, I'm not sure because there was one street I didn't go down. <laughs> all, all the other streets <laughs> had all the other though. ones did have <laughs> some form of uh, liquor available, whether it was a small bar or Abe's liquor store, which was right across the street from my hotel. Um, yeah, it was very easily acquired. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling from your piece, which is excellent, you should read it, that... When people do drink, when they're in the bars or whatever, they're very open to conversation, that people are open to human interaction because though they live on a, an island, it almost struck me that, that they, really, they really want that. They want that connection with people because there's only 3,000 people on the whole island. Right. Almost 4,000. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But did you find that like when you went in? Like it seemed like you were always making friends. Yeah. Every, well, I would ask questions and everyone was... Um, really friendly and really responsive and would probably give me more details than than most people I think I would talk to. Um, if this was a Betty Davis horror movie, they would all be uh, suspicious of the outside. <laughs> how do... I would how think do, they I, would at least be suspicious that I was a reporter. Mm. I pretty I made that clear every time. And they no one bothered? No one... Well, the only one that I guess was suspicious was Tom, who wouldn't let me take a photo of his face. Tom Quinn. Tom Quinn. Tell us about Tom Quinn. Tom Quinn was the man who came up to me when I was wondering why there were dogs guarding golf carts, their owners nowhere in sight, and I was trying to get them to pose. And Tom just kind of showed up. I don't know how or where he came from, but he was like, oh, that's a Catalina Island thing. (laughs) And I was like, okay, Tom seems like he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to see if I can get more out of him. And so he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just got to go to run. I got to run over to the Vons, which is the only grocery store on the island. And then uh, meet me over at Metropole Plaza in 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> sure. That's right. I, I told you this. I was amazed <laughs> in your piece how just things just kept happening to you. You were only there like two and a half days, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And just things just kept happening and happening. And 
<laughs> and to be honest, you showed a lot of, I don't know if it's courage or foolhardiness. You would just kind of go with it. How, how? Well, the island does feel very safe. Mm. I didn't run into anyone that I felt wary of. Mm. Uh, one person. Guy well, in the hoodie. Okay, guy in a hoodie. But he, he didn't, he wasn't following me. He wasn't anywhere near me. I just kind of saw him. Right. And was like, oh, it's, you know, dark. There's no lights around here. Why is he wearing a hood? Right. Uh, but he, he walked away. He didn't have, he didn't want anything to do with me. Oh, uh, okay. So we didn't really have an interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Tom, you, you m- met and then re-met Tom throughout your visit. Yes. Like, I think three times total. And every time he had something new to Something share. to say, something I should research something I should look into, something I should do, um, which were all, they all seemed very like non-touristy things. Right. So like a good tourist, I yeah. denied every suggestion, but <laughs> I think I think if I go back, I'm sure I'll run into him again, and I'm sure he'll tell me something really weird or <laughs> cool to do. I really would like to meet the guy. I know. You and I spoke about this. The piece, I guess you could call it a travel piece, but it is certainly not touristy, as you said. It is very much about the place. And it's, it's interesting. You, even though it's this island, it, uh, for people of a certain age, they know there's a very famous song, 26 miles across the sea, Santa Catalina's wait for me. And it was the island of romance. Did it strike you as the island of romance when you were there? Mm, not really. There was one couple sort of canoodling on the beach that made it, made the beach scene f- feel romantic, mm-hmm. I suppose. But it didn't really seem... Like I would want a honeymoon there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, From the people you met, was there? Did you sense at all that they felt trapped? Or, yes. Oh, you did. <laughs> okay, let's go with that. Well, I think it was ideal that I went during off season. So there's barely any tourists. Um, so that made it a lot easier to talk to locals. But everyone I spoke to was happy that the island is so safe. It's a great place to raise your kids. Uh, they can kind of let them roam around because everyone knows each other at the bars, at the restaurants, all the workers know each other. So they watch each other's kids, basically. Mm. Um, But they also felt sort of trapped, like, oh, yeah, it's great to be here, but also everyone knows my business. Or, like, it is very small. And uh, one woman who has a daughter uh, that's trying to get into college was planning a move up Northern California because... I, I think it was just they, they lived out their time mm. on the island. At least she felt that way. You were telling me that even though everybody knows everybody, mm-hmm. that it was your experience that a lot of people tried to keep their circle of friends small. Yeah, there was one zipline instructor um, who's very candid with me um, that he, he just turned 21. So he's just he's starting to go out more. And he's like, I only bring a very select group of friends with me because I don't want everyone to know my business because it's really easy for that to happen on with such a small population. It's kind of like going to Catholic grammar school, I can tell you. <laughs> Everybody knows your stuff. Yeah. Ziplining. So the ziplining is one is relatively new. I think it goes back 10 maybe years. 10 years. Yeah. But enormously popular. Yes. What'd you think? It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was exhilarating. It's- but you you kind of uh you're as always the rebel. <laughs> you did something you weren't supposed to do. Oh yeah. I took both my hands off the cuz the, the the your harness. So you you know, you can you're not hanging on with your hands, right. you know, but you do can, they tell you specifically not to take both yes, hands? Off? They say that you can take one hand off right. to like pose for pictures or right. do something yeah. funny. Just posing for pictures. I'm posing right now. for pictures okay. right now, but you can't take off both. 
So because you you'll, you'll end up flying into the platform backwards. You're supposed to fly with your feet feet first. First. So let me ask you, when you took both hands off the thing, what happened, Asia? I didn't realize I didn't even realize that both hands were off the thing until I couldn't turn myself around. What were you doing with your land? hands? I don't know. I was like spreading them out, oh, like the welcoming life. Yes, yeah. feeling the sunshine, sound of music, the wind, kind of thing. Yeah, 30, going thirty miles an hour. Thirty miles an hour. Over. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Dang, that must be pretty crazy. How fun. high up? Um, I think you start at six hundred feet, and then you on each line you go a little lower Dang. into the canyon. Now, you found out that there's a group of people who are especially obsessed with ziplining on Catalina. There was a group of students in their early 20s visiting from Seoul, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically because of this show that's really popular over there called I Live Alone uh, that depicts, it's like kind of a reality show, but they film people's reactions as well. Uh, And it's single celebrities that live alone. Mm. So... It's a it's a show about that, and I guess one of the episodes features this woman ziplining, and right. she's almost peeing her pants and right. just throwing a. <laughs> it's really entertaining. It's one of those shows that if you if if you've been to Japan or if you've seen these things or you've been to Korea, it's one of those shows that are very popular over there where they'll show you some action, and then there's these little boxes of I guess celebrities reacting to yeah. what is going or, on. Or sometimes it is the celebrity mm. that did the activity that's this reacting wasn't. to themselves. Oh, okay. We don't know who this woman was. No, we but don't. But she apparently, I think, has probably an incredible fear of heights Incredible or like fear of heights. So she gets stuck. <laughs> she doesn't get all the way to the platform. And she is terrified. She's crying. To the point she is sobbing. Yeah. And the celebrities are just laughing. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. This is great. Yeah, it just wasn't very nice. But it was five. The five students were all... Young men, yeah. and all of them said they really identified with the single life. Uh, so I guess that's there's a lot of singles over there in uh, Seoul. Oh, melancholy. Five million, I think. If I oh, saw wow. It. Wow, really? I, yeah, I think, I, yes. Maybe I should move sure. to Seoul. Um, <laughs> and then you also went on the other big tourist thing, which is bisons, yeah. the bison expedition. And how was that? That was bumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. If we hadn't been wearing seatbelts, we would have flown out of the Hummer. Right. Yeah. Now, I saw some of the pictures of your bison. Mm-hmm. They're cows. They're not cows. They look like cows. It was just the angle. <laughs> it was the angle of the photo. You yeah. can see in the second photo, it's clearly a bison. Uh, clearly a bison. And it was a female that I took a photo of. So yeah. they're, they are a lot smaller. They're le- less the bison Yeah, less. No. <laughs> <laughs> just smaller. Just smaller. Yeah. Just smaller bison. Um, and that, but that's really about the only two touristy things you did. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And then everything, is there anything you didn't do that you wish, oh, I should have done that? Mm, the botanical garden. Mm. Definitely. Um, I think the Wrigley mansion. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think those are maybe the only two things. The Wrigley's of course, in large part developed that Island. You actually, I think you sent us a picture of, didn't you get a martini? Okay. So that is a super touristy thing. Okay. Um, but the Avalon Grill is the only place that serves the Wrigley Martini, which apparently was very popular in 1950 Chicago with newsmen and ad execs because it was very strong. Mm. I couldn't finish it. Dang. Yeah. If you knew Asia, that means something. <laughs> yeah. And it comes with a little pack of Wrigley's Double Mint. We gum, love that. Which is the icing Is it huge? Is it big or is it just that there's tons of alcohol in it? I think just tons of alcohol. It yeah. looks like a normal-sized martini. Like, but basically, just gin, 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 it's just gin, 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 gin. <laughs> <laughs> Your piece is wonderful, but I don't think it's 
I don't think you can deny there's a little bit of melancholy in it because it's it's real life. It's people going about their real life. I'm curious, the people who are there, very few of them are, I'm guessing, are born and raised there. Almost everyone is coming from somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the bar manager at Luau Larry's is from Guanajuato, and mm-hmm. he's only lived on the island, I think, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But he, he plans to stay. He just bought a house maybe a few years ago. Yeah. And he wants to keep that there for his kids, who he's also raising on the island. Right. So I think the people that move there plan to stay a while. I think there's another guy, isn't there? A bartender who's from the Midwest or something like that? Well, there was uh, Sean McAlpin was the bartender slash historian at Hotel Atwater who moved from Chicago to Catalina because he knew a member of the Wrigley family Oh, who hooked him up with a job there. Um, And he's been there for the last 12 years. Yeah. He said the hardest transition was just the food, like not being able to find like a Thai place open at 1 a.m., Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. where's that <laughs> happening here? My well, in God. Chicago, yeah. Like, oh, well, in Chicago, yeah, okay. Late. That's yeah. Very- Tell him he's not missing anything in Long Beach <laughs> if he's looking for food. It's pretty much norms and that's it. Yeah. But everything closes at like 10 or midnight or like even earlier if there aren't enough people. Yeah. The kitchen will close. Lou Larry's kitchen closed. I was very hungry. Mm. Yeah, drank, and that's when you ended up- I drank up- an IPA anyway. And then you ended up with an Uncrustable. Yes. I actually was talking, I think I was texting you when you found out that you couldn't get food. Yeah. And wherein followed a profanity-laced message to me about, God! (laughs) You were very excited about putting that in the story. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, anytime I can get the word crust in a story, I'm always happy. I don't know why. Um, The journey over, of course, everyone knows you got to take the boat over. And at one point did you find out, I was amazed about this too, that there's actually, I know this sounds stupid, but there's a lot of water out there. I just figured between here and there would be just kind of mm, the normal amount of no, water. No, when you realize you're floating above about 4,000 feet of deep, dark depth. And this is, this is comparatively <laughs> a very deep channel, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. The tour guide on the Bison Expedition said it was one of the deepest saltwater channels in the world. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. And you were actually supposed to go the week before. Yes, but 15-foot swells due to very strong winds canceled the entire trip. Mm. Mm. So you've been now. Been now. Here's the question. Will you go back? Only if someone pays for my boat right over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much is everything? How much does it cost to take the boat? Um, it's over 70. Mm. It's 70 plus tax. Right. Um, and they no longer offer the free ride over on your birthday. Oh. Yeah. Drag. So I don't think this is something I normally would have done had I not had the invitation. If someone uh, gets a nice tax return and has a 70 bucks for the boat ride, I think, would you recommend? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Would you recommend what most people do, which is go over in the morning, hang out in the day, come back? Or would you recommend what you did, stick around a couple days? I think during the off season, maybe go for the day. Okay. Because at night, there just isn't too much to do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a lot of people close early just because there's no one. Yeah. There's no one around on the days that the cruise ships don't come by. Right. And are dropping people off. So if you go, go Monday or Tuesday if you are going to stay at night. Right. Because there will be more people and more kitchens open after right. like, you know, 9 or 10. That's kind of the key. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember we did a story in our sports section about a, there's an athlete over there who's fantastic. And he plays all these sports. He's in high school still. But I remember reading that story, and he made it clear when the moment he can, he's getting off the island. 
Hmm. Did you sense all that from the younger people? Definitely. Like- the the 21-year-old on uh, the zipline instructor um, went to Utah, I think, on scholarship with a, a group of other Catalina high schoolers. Just They're all just eager to leave, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's comfortable. It's nice. But at the same time, there's not much growth, I think, that happens when you're sort of stuck with the same people your entire life. Um, yeah, I know. It almost sounds like, a, and I know it's not, but it almost sounds like like one of these religious communities that cut themselves <laughs> off and, yeah. and make their own furniture and Very. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they do that, but I'm curious, what do they think of us? What do they think of, do they consider themselves part of California? Like, I mean, or do they see themselves as this wholly separate entity? I, you know, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, I think the thing they think most highly of is, the view of us when the sun hits our buildings at wow. a certain angle. And it, cause they don't, in Avalon, you don't see a sunset ever. You only see sunrise. That's right. And so, yeah. uh, like, if you see LA skyscrapers or even some Long Beach buildings, yeah. they just light up. Really? When the sun. Yeah. So, so you can't see the specific buildings, right? Or can you? Well, they just kind of look like gleaming pillars. No kidding. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to just see one because it doesn't happen all the time. It depends okay. on how clear it is. Okay. Um, and it was really bright, and it's just this sharp, warm glow, I guess wow. you would describe. And they there was a planar painting of that scene right? Um, in the exhibit at the museum. That you went to, yeah. But that sounds cool. Yeah. It kind of sounds like Armstrong looking back at Earth. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, San Pedro. Right. Yeah, or San Pedro. Uh, thanks for coming in to talk about that. Yeah. 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 It was fun. <laughs> I do mean that, though, right? No, I do. Yeah. I'm still sort of processing, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Check out Asia's story. It's, uh, it's fantastic, and there's lots of pictures. So many pictures. So. There's like 40 pictures. Well, I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, me too. I suppose you hear about something for 30 years and expect it to be magical in some way. You're just not sure how it works until you're there or until you're on the boat ride home wondering what just happened. As cliche as it sounds, it's about slowing down and cherishing the moment whenever you can. It's about remembering to be present without the anxiety of worrying about the future or drowning in a 4,000 foot deep channel. As one local told me, it is what you make it. Hi, Shante. Hi, Steve. So you wrote a piece. I did. About being a server mm-hmm. in, during these days. Right. Which are kind of weird days. When did you first notice it starting to get weird? Uh, probably, I, it first started with my coworkers, actually. Um, a couple weeks ago, management like uh, posted some like CDC guidelines all over the kitchen and uh, it was it was kind of like a running joke between us, like, ah, you coughed, uh, coronavirus, you sneezed, uh, it's coronavirus. Um, but it, I, the change or the thing that I noticed was when my customers started bringing it up to me. It didn't happen directly, but I'd be like walking through the dining room and I'd overhear someone say like, 
you know, uh, you know, I heard this outbreak started over here recently and then someone else was like, oh, they're starting to take temperatures now. And, you know, news is always, like I said in my story, news has always been a, a fuel for conversation, for tableside discussion. And, uh, I mean, it's everywhere now, so naturally you're going to start hearing it. But it was when um, one of my customers, a couple of my customers were asking me if I was afraid or if I was scared. And they're like, you know, you're you're meeting so many people and, you know, you're touching, you know, plates and dishes and stuff that they've, you know, been touching. So are you afraid? And I'm always like, no, not really. And uh, then just last weekend, um, this lady was asking me again. She was like, so are you are you nervous? I was like, no, I'm not. She goes, yeah, no, not not really me either. But then uh she didn't want to touch my pen. <laughs> she came, it came time to sign her check, and and she goes, um, I don't want to touch that. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, do you want me to sign it for you? And so I wrote it down for her. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's how you took care of that? Yeah. Well, we should explain that you work at a place where the clientele, in a general sense, is probably older. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So number seniors. one, they're... they're uh, they're probably the more vulnerable population. Yeah, definitely. I think their health is a lot more of a concern for them just in general. Um, and, you know, they're also people that keep up with the news. Well, not just keep up with the news. <laughs> they're the type of people who can kind of get whipped up into a frenzy pretty quick, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them, we get a lot of, uh, it's Newport Beach, a lot of white folk, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them are Republican. I mean, like, we've had, like, a lot of uh, our TVs will show, like, uh, what was Trump's last, the, like, they, they had the State of the Union address yeah. on there, and there's a lot of a lot of people sitting around the bar watching that. Yeah. Um, so they're the kind of people that are also watching Fox News a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't really watch Fox News, but, like, I imagine, just like any other news station, uh, you know, their coverage of it isn't really comforting. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just there's chatter everywhere about it. But you point out in your piece, which is excellent, you should read it, that though they may be concerned, though they may even be scared, even panicked enough not to use a pen, they're still coming to the restaurant. <laughs> they're definitely not going to start cooking at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, business has not slowed at all. Wow. Not a single bit. And I wanted, I even double checked with my managers and I was like, have you guys noticed? Look at the books. They're like, no, business is as it's always been. See, you know what I'm thinking there, Shantae? I'm thinking, look, if the coronavirus is going to get me, I want to make sure I get that last shrimp Louie. <laughs> right? Get that last one. It's actually a very popular. Um, oh, heck yeah. During the summer, salad. I bet, especially. Oh, right? all year round. Yeah. Oh, my How long have you worked there? Salad, uh, like six years. How long is that your total server? How long have you been a server? Uh, almost 10 years. Now, you've obviously never faced something like this. None of us have. No, 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 no. But normally how, before you even heard the word coronavirus, what was, what was like normal as far as what was considered healthy kind of habits that you did? Were people ever like, hey, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Or nobody cares. Nobody really cares. I have had the, in the years, the occasional customer who's, who really wants to know how much I've washed my hands. Like I get the, the occasional germaphobe yeah. who will request that I wash my hands before I bring them their food. Wow. And like, yeah. And at that point, they're still just kind of taking it at my, uh, they're trusting me that I'm actually doing it, but yeah. I have been asked before. 
Um, but most of the time they're not really, they're not really thinking about it. But now that all of this is on the news, all of a sudden they're, they're caring about it. And, and I haven't had this happen to me. Some of my coworkers have said that like, uh, customers, uh, seem a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. if we're coughing or if we're sneezing. Right. Um, so now I'm making a point to try and hold that in until I'm out of view. Right. Just, just so, you know, cause everybody's scared. So why, why needlessly um, right. make people more nervous, I guess. Speaking of your coworkers, <laughs> you have one who has an interesting, interesting recipe. Yeah. Maria. I love Maria. She's prepared for anything. She's got this giant bag and she's always bringing in like snacks and anything I need Band-Aids or hair tie, whatever. She's got it. So then the other day we're in the back and all of a sudden she pulls this little container out of her pocket. She goes, I got hand sanitizer, homemade. Anybody want some? (laughs) And I like, she gives me a dollop and she's like, it's 90 proof. (laughs) She's very proud of it. So how was it? It was good. It smelled good. Really? Too, yeah. Is it better than the kind of sanitizer you get normally? That's... Smells like gas. You know, I didn't really notice a difference, but it's after she told me it was 90 proof, I think I just felt better. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, 90 proof would, would, would do that to you. A so, little, little drying, a little bit. A little drying? Yeah. Yeah. But it smelled good, so it's mm. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you haven't changed your life. You told me you were just at a concert last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I won't stop going, really. But I mean, even at the concert last night, I just heard everybody talking about it. It was all, It was kind of annoying, honestly. Like, I went to go get water at... Uh, they're, they're like drinking fountain and people are just saying, Oh, don't touch it. Coronavirus or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I also realize I'm at a, I'm younger and I'm not really someone that's at risk. Even Mm -hmm. if I did contract it, I'm probably not going to (laughs) die. Right. But, um, and a lot of the people there at the show, you know, aren't, but my brother's really concerned Mm -hmm. and my brother's like 40 40. Don't you dare say that's old. No, right. I don't think he's old. And okay. I don't really, he'll, you know, I don't think he really thinks he's old, but he is immune compromised. Oh. He's got asthma and he's got chronic uh, back issues for, that he's had for about 10 years. And so he takes uh, medication that uh, compromises his immune system. So he's really frightened of it, but he's still going to shows with me. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's a constant, either butt of a joke or, uh, you know, he's very aware of, of anybody touching like his credit cards mm-hmm. um, or, you know, when you have to go through security and you're pulling everything out of your pockets, you know, he's he, he'll comment that like, you know, they're wearing gloves, but they're touching, you mm-hmm. know, everybody else's stuff. And so, you know, he's really concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, but, you know, what can what can you do? That's all. I don't know. I, don't know. I guess not use other people's pens. Yeah, no. Don't. <laughs> you know, I had served her her drinks. I had given her her food. I gave her another fork. Of course, I didn't touch the, you know, the head of it. Yeah. But like the pen <laughs> of all the things, I've, I've handed you literally everything else, you know, but the pen. You sound wounded. <laughs> I guess I tried not to be judgmental about it, but I was a little bit in my head. I was just, ah, you're silly. Shante, thank you. You're welcome. I hope I that... wash your hands. I will. Can You Hear Me? Long Beach is a production of The Hilo, the arts and culture section of the Long Beach Post. Publisher is David Summers. Managing editor is Melissa Evans. Producer of the show is me, Steve Lowry, and the engineer is Steve Smith, or Stephen Smith. It's quite formal. 
Uh, the song you're listening to right now is called Paid in Cocaines by the Mountain Goats, and it is played with the permission of the good people at Merge Records. Hey, if you have anything you'd like to tell us, if you have anything you'd like to suggest, if you're just lonely and you want to reach out, email us at steve at lbpost.com. You'll be the first. We're waiting. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, wherever you listen to us, feel free to subscribe. That way it's one less thing for you to do. This thing shows up magically and life gets better. Anyways, we'll be taking some more journeys next week. We hope you'll come along with us. Till then, see you later.